Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is our Q&A show. Every week we post a personal development question on my Facebook page to hear the real world testimonies of people's journeys to change and grow. And I invite you to join us there. Just find and friend me on Facebook at Agent K Miller. In this episode, our topic is how to build a healthy self-image. I mean, wouldn't you like to know, wouldn't we all like to know, really know how to build a healthy self-image? We have a seven and a half minute message longer than normal from Zig Ziglar. It's an excerpt from an onstage presentation where he runs through some of his top advice, literally goes through the numbers. Well, then we posted this question to the Ziglar audience. If someone asked your advice on how to build a healthy self image, what are three things you would offer? This may be one of our most significant compilations of real world insight and counsel to date. It was truly astounding and heartfelt. I asked Michelle Prince to join me to talk through the comments, and there were so many we had to categorize them, actually. And speaking of this message you're going to hear from Zig, I wish you could hear more of it, and you can. It was taken from the CD and DVD set, Strategies for Success, Blueprint for Achievement. It's really his biggest compilation of his core messages. If you go to Ziggler.com and visit the online store, you can get it there. I just went on a 2,000-mile road trip with my family, and along with great discussions and great music, we took time every leg of the trip to listen to one of the CDs in the set. I grew up on this stuff and having my family do so as well as one of the best investments that I can make. Uh, plus I can't hear it enough either. I need to burn it in my mind over and over and over. We all need more than a reminder here. This is training. What's step number 13 for building a healthy self image? Well, you need to join the smile, firm handshake and compliment club. That's when you smile at people you get a smile back. That makes you feel good. When you have a firm handshake, that makes a favorable uh, impression. When you give them compliments, that does the same thing. You need to live a moral, ethical life. Why? Because guilt is the greatest image destroyer known to man. When you've got nothing to fear and you have nothing to hide, ladies and gentlemen, you can do more with your life. You'll like you better as a result of it. Number 15, you need to take short, easy steps. For example, when you learn one new word a day, some amazing things can happen in your life. One new word a day will make some dramatic changes. Bruce Barton put it this way. For good or ill, your conversation is your advertisement. Every time you open your mouth, you let men look into your mind. Do they see it well-clothed, neat, and business-like? That's a good question to ask. Take short, easy steps. For example, you wouldn't move a child from uh, teaching them how to prepare Georgia ice cream all the way to baked Alaska. Now, for the uninitiated and the underprivileged, Georgia ice cream is grits. If grits ain't groceries, folks, I don't really know what is. But what I'm really saying is you don't move them from the very simple to the very complicated in one easy step. You don't go from the multiplication table to advanced calculus. You take those short, easy steps. I'll talk about this in the Gold Seminar but in 10 months' time, I lost 37 pounds by losing one and nine-tenths ounces a day. Everybody can do that. 
I wrote, see you at the top. Eighth best-selling hardback of the last decade, according to People magazine. I wrote it in 10 months, 384 pages, by writing one and one-fourth pages a day on average for 10 months. You build winning relationship. You build that self-image. You build your confidence one step at a time. You become a professional salesperson, a better accountant, a better physician, a more effective parent, teacher, or whatever by taking those one step at a time. Number 16, finish the job. Whether it's cutting the grass or reading the book, go ahead and finish it. You feel good about yourself when you put it down and say, that's good, I got lots out of it, as versus, well, I started reading it, but you know, I got busy. You know the rest of that story. You need to be a quitter. Now, what did I mean, be a quitter? Quit smoking. Quit drinking. Quit being late. Quit things that are destructive. I talked to my son-in-law, Richard Oates, a couple of days ago. He's been fighting the smoking habit now for many, many years. He just entered his fifth week as a non-smoker. And he said, Zeke, I cannot begin to tell you how much better I feel about myself. When you win a victory, you do feel better about yourself. Number 18, you make a victory list. My friend Joe Batten Uh, who wrote Tough-Minded Management, says that you need to accumulate a list of 200 victories you've earned in your life. Now you might say, well, I've never won 200. I challenge you, go back to your childhood and start listing them. Then when things are not going well, get that list out and say, hey, I won this one, I won this one, I won this one, I won this one. Hey, I'm on a roll. I can win this one too. It's amazing what it will do to you. Learn, number 19, a new skill or a hobby. People who've gone back to college always thrill me because of what it does for them. They're on a growth mode. Learn to use the computer. Learn to play chess or bridge. Learn a new hobby or something that will make a difference. Don't ever confuse education with training our experience with intelligence. That's step number 20. It's okay to admire a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, but without training, they couldn't handle your job. I read in Reader's Digest one of the most intriguing little uh, goodies. My son Paul, a lieutenant, is an aviation instructor at Naval Air Station, North Island, San Diego. At Paul's annual physical, the doctor was studying his chart and noticed his birth date. What a coincidence, he said. I was born the same day. Paul thought to himself, here's a guy the same age as me, and he's already a doctor. The physician continued reading my son's chart and then exclaimed, wow, that's fantastic. You're only 28 and you're teaching guys how to fly. Isn't it interesting? What we admire in other people seems to be what they admire in us. Don't put yourself down when you build somebody else up. Know without the training, they could not be that professional. Know without training, they could not do what you are doing. Number 21 to build a healthy self-image, get in shape. Now, when I say get in shape, I mean get in shape physically. When I lost the 37 pounds, I cannot begin to tell you what it did for me. It was absolutely dramatic. 
it made me feel better. There might be occasions when you need to alter your physical appearance. Simple example. When my daughter Julie was 17 years old, we were sitting around talking one day and she said something about her ears. And I said, well, what about your ears? She said, Daddy, haven't you ever noticed that I always have my ears covered? I said, no, I really hadn't. Isn't that something? She had been my daughter 17 years. I never noticed. I just always thought, now here is really a neat kid. She is so pretty. She said, well, Dad, my ears stick out. And I've always had a problem with them. I said, well, why don't you tell me sooner? She said, I didn't know you'd uh, do anything about it. I said, well, Julie, that's a fairly simple uh, solution to that problem. We went to see a plastic surgeon. It was a relatively simple problem. He just tucked them back. And I'm here to tell you, when you see my daughter Julie today, you'll see her ears. Her hair is always fixed. And what it did for her self-image is absolutely remarkable. Now, I don't think you can solve every self-image problem surgically, but it is one of the things that can be done, ladies and gentlemen, if the need is there, and it can make a difference. Well, Michelle, this question got so many responses. I think it's one of those where people were eager to, I mean, we all want to give advice, but especially from something that has benefited us. So I had my team actually go through, because there's, I guess there was, I don't know, 50 plus responses and uh, just took some of the ones that were, had some similarities to it. And the first category was self-talk. Second category was faith. Those were the two biggest areas that people spoke into. And then we kind of have one that that was a variety of things. So we'll call it the, the, the variety list, but thought we'd go through this and just uh, jump in when we feel like we relate or have something to add. You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's All do right. it. Uh, first one here, Steve, he says, number one, don't compare yourself to anyone else. They aren't living your life. Number two, don't use the mirror as your main source of self-esteem. We all look funny to someone. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good line. And then three, talk to yourself like a friend, encourage, challenge, and inspire yourself to go after what you want. You know, I, those are great. And I, I, but when I first read them, Michelle, I thought, man, I, I, I have some struggles in some of those myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I like to talk to yourself as a friend because we do tend to talk to other people so much nicer than we talk to ourselves. <laughs> I, I, and I know, come on, I, I host the Ziegler show. Shouldn't I be perfect in that area? And yet, man, I, I have, a, I struggle being hard on myself. And I know that that lack of compassion for myself is what deters me, handicaps me from having it from someone else. So that's a consistent struggle with myself. But that number one, don't compare yourself to anyone else. I am surprised at how I do that. And I think being in the self a personal development world that you and I are in. I mean, we're around a lot of successful people and I find myself, I have no problem with my age. I'm 48 years old, but I do have consistent times more and more so lately where I'm a little frustrated. Maybe it's because I'm also embarking on some really exciting things and having, you know, really great revelations in my life. But I find myself, I, I, I wish it had happened 20 years ago. And that's just, I, I can't justify that. I just would have, that's an admission. There you go. 
Well, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Jen here, she says, treat uh, yourself like you would your best friend. Uh, okay. I'll repeat there. This includes your inner and verbal language about yourself, meaning be kind and compassionate. Uh, number two, remember you are a child of God and a treasure. And three, we all struggle with gremlins and self-doubt. So get over yourself, reach out to others to help lift you up and get moving as you have an amazing ability to positively impact those around you. That reaching out, uh, man, again, I, I don't want to come at all the ones that I struggle with, but that's probably one where I would have to say, oh gosh, I need to, I need to, to do that more. And when you do, don't you feel so much better? Well, yeah, you get the wisdom from people and I, I don't know why I tend to stay isolated. That's my natural response. And as an entrepreneur, I think that's just our natural life. <laughs> like we're all kind of doing our own thing and it's yeah. just easier to stick to yourself. Yeah, yes. And then when I look at the people who are successful, they habitually are reaching out. Well, it's, you know, it's Zig's wall of fame. Yes. Um, yeah. That's convicting. Uh, well, Sean here says, accept that you are not, nor ever will be perfect. Love yourself and others, knowing that God loves you no matter what, even when you fail, help someone else. When we help another person, when we are down or feeling inadequate, it ignites a spark in our souls that we are worthy and valuable. Uh, Michelle, have you read, I, I've read multiple times on, I keep seeing there's more and more media on depression and the increase in our culture. And I was taught by my parents early on that the best, one of the best cures for feeling down, feeling, feeling depressed is go serve someone because of what that does to your paradigm shift. But that's the least time that you feel like doing it. Well, it's so true. And I was taught the same thing, Kevin. And when I have done that, it's so true that you feel so great when you're not focused on yourself, when you just focus on somebody, somebody is always in need mm -hmm. and there's, we get something, we get joy out of helping people. And it just takes our mind off of ourselves, which I think we're all thinking of ourselves way too much anyway. <laughs> that, yeah. My wife does. She talks about that when she gets down, she calls it navel gazing uh, <laughs> and she I knows like she's that. doing it. And, and that is her, that is her medicine. She says, I gotta, I've got to go help somebody. I've got to, got to go do that. And sure enough, it changes. That's why so many people have those dramatic testimonies when they go do a missions trip to a third world country. I think it does a lot more for them than the people they go to serve generally. Yes. Well, let's see. Mo here says you can't feel your way to better, to a better self image, act with confidence, uh, work on your strengths without sacrificing relationships, quit making everything about you. Only working on you leads to more thoughts about you. Seek to be thankful and find your purpose in service outside yourself, family, friends, and faith. Mm, I love that when he says act with confidence, because that, that right there, even when you don't feel confident, but you put yourself out there as confident people, first of all, they're going to believe what you put out there. And it just, there's something about when you're confident, you just feel better about yourself and you know, as Zig would sometimes say, fake it till you make it. If you don't feel confident, then act as if you're confident. And then maybe those feelings will come. I, uh, absolutely. I, yeah, a couple his, his statement there too, on only working on you leads to more thoughts about you. There's a fine line that I have seen and I'm cautious about in the, again, the personal development, self-help world where we can get so focused on ourselves that that becomes the primary thing in our lives. And I've seen people fall down that path. And, uh, realizing that we're working on ourselves for the sake of, uh, you know, helping and being of worth to others. And I think, I think there's probably just a constant tension there. 
Mm-hmm. A little pride issue maybe too. Yeah, true. Well, Jennifer here, she says, don't depend on others to build you up. Do that yourself with positive self-talk, read positive books, more, uh, read positive books, more than watching media. That's a great barometer. And remember you are a child of the King and honor that heritage. We're seeing, definitely seeing a thread of that here. Definitely. Well, it, it's, it's so true though. We are, and we, if we see ourselves as who we really are and who God says we are, we would never look down on ourselves. That's convicting. So hard to walk in, but my gosh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've got to remind myself every morning. Me too. Bree here. She says, be aware of your thoughts, redirect them. If you have a case of ants, automatic negative thoughts, I've not heard that before. Um, have a small goal to work towards and be mindful of what you are feeding your mind and soul. Well, absolutely. I, you know, the, the second one stands out to me, have a small goal to work towards. I see that with my kids and it's kind of my muse, uh, always. And I see that, you know, here we are at the summertime and sometimes at first, you know, they look forward to the summer, like it's just the, the Holy grail. And then summer comes and pretty quick they're bored and discontent because they, if they, if they don't have that thing to look forward to or a purpose to their day. And so we have been working on that within the summertime. But I think that's for all of us. If we don't have something that we are hopeful for expectant of it's, it's, it's hard to have a good day. It's, and it's so easy to be idle. You just have to have something to reach for or, or you just don't move. Yes. You don't move at all. <laughs> yes. What is that? An object at motion or a, a motion stays an, in motion. And I'm, yep. An object set in motion stays in motion or and an object at rest stays at rest. Yeah. That's right. Brad here says, keeping, he says, keep number one, keep track of and celebrate accomplishments, especially small ones. When you have a reference of what you've accomplished, you will see yourself in a different light. Uh, okay. I totally agree with this. And, you know, for years I used to give my friends gifts. I'd, I'd have a, uh, give them a journal and that would I'd write in the first page. Anytime you do something good, this is your celebration journal. So anytime you have ever done anything good, even if it's in a small way, I want you to write it down because when you have that bad day, you can go back and remind yourself of all the good things that you've done and celebrate yourself, celebrate what you've done, because it's just, we focus so much on what we haven't done or what we should do. But the truth is we've all done so much to be proud of and we just need to stop and focus on it sometimes. I am with you, Michelle. My, my wife's been working with our kids on that about recounting the good things of the day, not just gratitude, but saying, you know, how did it make you feel? And, and it's really, it's the concept we, I recently interviewed Rick Hansen on his book, resilient and he are resilience, but his first book, hardwiring happiness, that's what he talked about. He says, it's one thing to have a happy, good thing happen to you. It's another thing though, to capture it, ruminate on it, let it kind of implant in your mind. He says, that is what will hardwire happiness, but it's not, it was just so convicting. It's not enough just to have those happy things happen. We have to let them take root in essence. Mm, Love that. I do too. I do too. Trish here, she says, try to self-speak the way you would speak to your best friend. I have a friend who has frequently made self-deprecating uh, comments aloud, and I've said to her, you cannot talk that way to my best friend. And I told her to talk to herself as if she were talking to me, acknowledge the struggles and give encouragement. You know, I, I got to give credit again to my wife. She brought that into our family. So we'll do that with one of the kids that's talking bad you know, just uh, kind of exaggeratedly grab them and say, Hey, quit talking about my child like that. <laughs> I love that. I do too. It's, it's legitimate. 
James, this is an interesting one. James here, he says, uh, he says, I have one piece of advice, daily affirmations in high school. I was a chubby dude with a lot of athletic friends. I had given myself that label and saw it as negative. I did end up losing the weight and didn't find that I felt much better about myself. And still I started using daily or self affirmations. My personal favorite is I am my own secret ingredient. This was based off of Kung Fu Panda, that kid's movie. Uh, when the character finds out his dad's soup does has no secret to it. Uh, and it's amazing because people believe it's amazing. This helped me get to a place where I believe in myself and that I could accomplish anything. Now, when someone asks how I got so confident, I tell them there's no secret ingredient. It's just you. I thought it was great. Oh, that is so great. I've said it for years that people will believe in you to the exact degree you believe in yourself. And when you put yourself out there that you are confident or whatever you're, you're trying to display, they're going to believe you. And so it, there's just so much power with, if you affirm it in yourself first, then other people will believe it. And well, and it, what he talks about gets into the, so I, you know, I do some work in the medical arena to the, and there's a lot of talk about the placebo effect and the studies are pretty mind blowing when they have the miracle drug that everybody swears will get them better. And then you do the test and give a placebo to half of them and the drug to the other and how the results can be pretty convicting of it's more in our minds than it is. And I see that we see that with the kids. We play with that and we try it. It feels bad sometimes, it almost feels manipulative, you know, to tell the kid that, you know, hey, this is gonna make everything feel better and it, you know, whatever. I mean, we all know that. Gosh, you put a band-aid. Why do band-aids cure everything? <laughs> right. You know, it's the thought of it. And so often the kid runs off, forgets about it, and how much is legitimately affecting us, or how much is it just in our own minds? Mm. Ashley says, I would boil it down to just one thing. Be aware of what you give power to in your life, self-expectations, family obligations, judgment, negative self-talk, etc. Recognize that what you focus on and what you spend your energy thinking about are the things that become most real and present in your life. There isn't a magic pill for a healthy self-image, but understanding that we give power to what we focus on. So the more you focus on gratitude for the good, the more you'll find it. And that's actually La Ashley Logston. That is my sister. So oh, proud, I love proud to read that. I, but that focus that we, what we give power to, there's so much talk about that, that I've read in recent times in regards to blame specifically, that when we blame this circumstance or this person, we are giving our power away. And it's just oh, so yes. true. Yeah, it's that that's one of the honestly, Michelle, that's one of the most convicting things I think in, in my own life is that if what I give blame to, and there's a guy I've talked about him so often, Tom Billu, uh, we interviewed him a while ago and he's the uh, founder of impact theory and is all over the, the internet and social media. He's got one of the top, I think self-development uh, hubs at this point. And he did this exaggerated video on it's all your fault. And he made up this story about, you know, a meteor coming through the roof and, and killing your spouse, you know, and how it really made more sense. And again, he exaggerated it to make it controversial, but to make a point that if he gives power away, he's, well, if he blames, he is giving his power away. And it sounds bad because we don't want to just think everything's our fault because we can go down a bad road there. But mm -hmm. boy, it's an interesting concept. 
It reminds me of, and I won't get it exactly right, but Zig would tell a story about, you know, when he's driving in a car or somebody, you know, when somebody cuts you off and you are so mad and you are, you know, it just ruins your whole day. And that, that guy who cut you off has no idea that he did anything wrong. And he's just going on having the greatest day ever, (laughs) you know? And I just, again, paraphrasing the story, but it's such a great visual reminder that, you know, if you give power, your anger, your blame or whatever to somebody else, it's, it's, it's not serving you. It's only hurting you. Okay. Well, I'm going to pick on myself here, Michelle. So I just did this road trip to Texas and I did the first leg of it with my five youngest kids solo. My wife flew there for some other stuff. And we listened to some of the CDs in Zig's, uh, six, um, uh, success strategies for success blueprint for achievement, uh, which folks, again, you go to Ziggler.com, hit the online store. It's, it's uh, strategies for success, uh, blueprint for achievement. And we were listening to it and he told that story. Okay. Oh, Oh, he told the story and you know, yeah, you're, you're cussing and moaning and upset. Meanwhile, the guy in front of you is just going along his merry way. And, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I stopped it there. I said, kids, who's that remind you of? And one of them, my, my, one of my sons, it wasn't a surprise. He says, you, <laughs> I know, I know. Cause we live up in the mountains and my house is even further up than the town that we live outside of. And it's a little, a little pass on the way up. Uh, it doesn't have any lines in the middle of it. And people, I mean, they're there to sightsee. I mean, how can you, how can you be upset that they're there to see God's beauty? It's a you know, massive view of Pike's peak. And there's usually deer and bear and elk and stuff. And they're driving slow to see it. I'm just on my way to do something though. I'm just, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to the office. I'm going whatever. And I want to, and oh my goodness, it is so hard for me to take on that Ziegler approach and appreciate it. What I need to do is look outside and look at what they're looking at. And my kids have seen it to me. That's why I did it. I paused it because I knew that we needed to address the fact that I am the chiefest of sinners. So it was, it was good. <laughs> At least your kids are honest with you, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, okay. So, he, so those were some, all that were somewhat in that aspect of self-talk. Uh, and a lot of those did speak of faith, but again, folks, this was, you know, this was Facebook and all the responses and the second category with the most responses were specifically towards faith. So I'm just going to share. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Arlene here, she says, number one, remember always that you are divinely inspired uh, to look within for a powerful reason to do what you do and be relentless in that pursuit. And three, take care of the precious treasure that your body is. It's your home 24 seven, move in it in ways that are fun and challenging. Good, mm-hmm. good advice. Uh, and I know she's, yeah, she's a health and wellness person. So she's uh, big on the body, but I like that. Look with, we are back to that purpose. Look within for a, a powerful reason to do what you do. Do we have purpose in our day? Are we looking forward to something? Love it. Donna here. She says, I read both scripture and self-discovery to remember who I am and my value. I grow in areas that I need healing and growth. I journal, journal and reflect as well as get help in changing mind, uh, changing mind clutter. I use affirmations and listen to the peace and small voice 
an intuition, that mind clutter. Uh, so there, there were some, and I, I actually skipped over a couple on meditation and we've done, I did a show recently with Johnny uh, Powlard on that. And it's really looking worth this time right now where we have more mind clutter than ever. Cause we have more inundate, we're inundated with more. And that one is getting again, more and more focused because it's just getting undeniable that we've got to deal with that. We've got to take times. And again, Michelle, we've talked about this. That is, that is, I would much go rather run for an hour or do a hard workout or fast or whatever. Uh, I think to some degree then meditate and take that time. And yet I know I need to. Well, and I just, this last week we were on a family vacation in Mexico and I was sharing with you earlier that I, we really disconnected. I mean, we spent time together, but I wasn't on email and I wasn't on phone as much or Facebook and there is just something to it. I mean, so much is within our our head and our heart. And I, I do believe God's trying to speak to you that you can't hear it if your mind's so cluttered. And for me, just getting away for a couple of days made a huge difference in the way I felt about myself even because you get clarity, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it just, but it's an exercise. It's a habit. Just, uh, I don't know how many people that I've talked with who start running and they hate running and well, Zig tells that story. What am I talking about? We, we, We heard that in the CDs that we listened to on our road trip where he talked about running and it was nine months into running before he finally realized, Oh my goodness, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm, I am grateful for this. I'm having a good time nine months. And I think that that's, that's, that's what I have not done in the aspect of meditation and decluttering my mind. I haven't pursued it enough to get to that point of really enjoying it. So yet, there's my yet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yet. Absolutely. Uh, Brian here, he says it's, he says having a solid mixture of the three F's in life, faith, family, and friends. We are all God's creation on this earth to make the best out of life. We can a solid family foundation is a great anchor. Friends are the water in life and your relationship with God makes up the sails on your ship. We called life. Uh, it's the journey that matters. Rough sailing makes the smooth sailing so worthwhile. I love looking at a ship, whether it's in a picture in real life, and see all the marks and scratches on it. Uh, it says that it's been through things and it's still here, showing up for the next part of its lifelong journey. That's a poet. Whoa. Yeah. I was just going to say, I he should write a book because that analogy is so awesome. It is. It is. I'm going to think about ships differently. As I see them. And again, to point that out, I mean, folks, you can go, I think that this was, uh, gosh, I'm going to have to go look at the date that this was posted, but it's on, uh, it's on Facebook you can find me at agent K Miller and read there again. And this is, these, these are just uh, a big handful, but of a lot that were posted. So feel free to do that. Uh, Tara, she says, number one, your value comes from God, not someone's view of you, including your own view. She has in parentheses. Uh, two confidence is a muscle you have to work on. Amen to that. And three work on yourself every day, then relax and know you are doing the best you can. That, that one, you know, Michelle, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. I, I have, I always struggle with that. Uh, the aspect of saying, you know what I did, I did my best and I need to have peace in that because I struggle with it. Did I ever really do my best? Uh, and I, I've always struggled with that concept and they, they give it to kids a lot, you know, Hey, just, you know, know you did your best. I'm thinking, did you, did I, that's, that's a struggle for me. Well, and it's probably because we're, you know, overachievers. We want, there's always in my mind, something more I could be doing, or I should be doing. And, and maybe that's the people pleasing part of, of, of that too, but it's hard. It's hard to release that and just say, you know what? No, 
I'm good enough just the way I am. And I did it just as well as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And it's, just, it is a mindset thing is really just stopping yourself. Uh, I don't know who said it in the beginning, but that when you, those, I think it was Brie, when you're be aware of the thoughts that are coming through your head, cause you can stop them in their tracks because there's, it's just so easy to start doubting yourself and feeling bad about yourself and putting yourself down. Yes. Good. Or at least for me, it is. I'll say, uh, Hey, me too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Victoria here, and I'm including this one for a specific reason. Victoria, she says, uh, find healing for your past hurts and discover who God says you are. Then you can live knowing only one. And she has that in capitals. One opinion counts, but to what she says, find healing for your past hurts. In 2018, there were a handful of books that really stuck out to me. And one was from a guy named Mastin Kip. And I, I interviewed him on the show. I didn't put down the show number, but Mastin Kip, he has a book called, I'm going to have to look behind me. It is, um, uh, claim your power. His, his focal point is that the majority of people in the areas that they are handicapped and not progressing, he can usually attribute that back to relational traumas in life or just traumas in general. It doesn't have to be just relation, but to traumas in life. And it took me a while to really understand and digest uh, his message. And, but as we did, and as we did the interview, it really has stuck out to me. And as I've gone on uh, dealing in my own life and looking at other people, it just continues to, to come out. So uh, you can go back again on the Ziegler show and find uh, the show that we did with Mastin Kip. Again, I, I apologize for not having the number in front of me, but I, I, I continue to just see more and more testimony to that, that how often uh, some of the primary issues we have in our self-image, in our, in our personal struggles can come, comes back to and he, what he would say is unresolved. I, sh- I, I think I left that out, unresolved traumas in our life, not the trauma mm-hmm. trauma. Cause on the other side, we have folks like Zig saying, Hey, you know, th- so many of our, our world leaders, influencers and su- successful people, the majority of them did come from trauma, obviously that they have overcome to a degree. And so Mastin's here saying, but the majority of people who haven't, uh, they're sitting there because of unresolved trauma. So I'm with Victoria. I think it's something that deserves all of us giving attention to. For sure. It's those wounds that don't, that don't heal maybe because we're not really paying attention to them, but I I totally agree with you and Victoria on this. Yeah. Uh, Laura here, she says, remember or learn number one, remember or learn that you're a beloved child of God Two, practice, believing it and living it every day. And three, when you struggle to believe it, call someone that is good at reminding you of the truth about you. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I actually, so early in my, in my business, when I was doing coaching, I would have some of my students who were struggling with self-esteem and things like that to go ask the five closest people to them in their life, their, their family, their husband, their spouse, their friends, coworkers, and ask them to write down the three qualities that they see in that person. Mm. And every, and I did this once before too. And I asked like, you know, my mom and my friend and my husband, and it's just amazing that what comes back sometimes is people see things in you that you don't see yet. So we, or, or you don't see clearly. So going and asking other people, I feel like there's so much value in that. And that will increase your self-esteem because you're thinking, wow, really, you think that about me? Yes. Uh, how often are people so surprised, me included, when you get that just raving review? I said, gosh, I, I, I've been blessed to have some from, you know, Father's Day from my family. 
And I'm, I think, again, what I'm surprised at is how I don't perceive. I don't always perceive myself that way. So that, those testimonies are great. I also love how she says practice, believing it every day and living it every day. I, I have, I'm always aware, you know, I'm partnering a medical practice and it's always interesting that they call it a practice because, you know, in the things that are really difficult, how can you ever arrive? Aren't we always practicing? I think my life is a practice. <laughs> I think you're right. We're all practicing. <laughs> Well, here are some we've put in the variety category that hit a few different areas. Billy, she says, um, uh, read, read, and read. I would refer to them as the, uh, refer them to the untethered soul, the best book to get rid of the icky chatter in your mind and free yourself of emotional disturbances. It beats everything I've ever read or tried. Uh, I just appreciate the resource. I do not know that book. I may check it out. I don't know it either, but I will definitely. Well, here's a guy I think I know. His name's Dan Miller, and that's my dad. Um, <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, grateful for my family. I feel honored uh, coming in to post here. He says, you know, here's one of the most uh, most known personal coaches there is. Uh, he says, realize you can't serve well from an empty cup. I used to hear Zig say to treat yourself like a thoroughbred racehorse, not some old scruffy nag. I remember that story. Uh, practice speaking up when you have knowledge or an opinion, uh, walk 25% faster than normal. That's interesting. I, I haven't heard that from him. And, uh, last one, he says, smile more. You can't feel defeated when you're smiling. Boy, isn't that the truth? Mm, that's some good advice from your dad. It is that one. I have actually been on that lately as in, in some tangents that I've been on that. Why? Don't we, he, he talked about Zig saying that. And I remember the story, treat yourself like a thoroughbred horse instead of some old scruffy nag that, you know, if we look even on the health and wellness side, we expect a high end athletes to be treated like a thoroughbred horse. Man, we pay attention to, you know, exacts on and measuring how they sleep and how they eat. The tour de France is getting ready to start right now. And, uh, now different than when I was in, in, in pro cycling. Now they have all these stats and all these things. And so a rider gets finished with the race and they can look at his power output, his highs, his averages, all these different things that they're measuring and they're measuring their recovery and to get the best out of their body. And here my brain resides in my body. If I want to be a great spouse, if I want to be a great friend, be a great business person, what person the same, why do I think that I'm okay or, or uh, that I'm not good enough that I feed myself, uh, yeah, you know, TV and Cheetos and short amount of sleep and then expect to, or desire to achieve the big goals that I want to. It's really just a weird thing that we do. Well, and I think that athlete example is perfect because we assume that as an athlete there, I mean, they're so good at what they do that, that that's why they take care of their bodies, but really that's just their gift. And we all have a gift, right? It may not be cycling or playing football or something, but our gift, we still have to be in a prime condition in order to fulfill, you know, the gifts and the plans for our lives. But I'm, I'm the first to, to forget that, or maybe not, not take that as seriously as I should. Yeah. So that's a great reminder from, from your dad. I, yeah, I've been revisiting that one uh, again. Uh, here's a couple quick ones. Uh, Katarzyna, she says, with, uh, she says um, try new things. Do it afraid. Uh, so we, we'll have just, we have just posted, as of this recording, the interview with Ruth Sukup. And it, her book is titled Do It Scared. And, uh, trying new things, not being afraid to fail. Those are things that we hear so many times. I think they've gotten to be pithy and yet they are so profoundly true. 
I mean, how many things can you attest to that you're grateful for in your life? Uh, that you, Michelle, that you did, and you did not have some level of fear when you did. Absolutely. And especially if it's something that matters, you're going to have a little bit more fear. The analogy that I, or the visual analogy that I go to every time around that subject is when Zig tells the story again about thoroughbred. But what he was saying was when they're in the stall, you know, and they're getting ready to run the race, what are they doing in the stall? They're, they're jumping all around. They're jittery. They're, you know, they're nervous but it's good nervous, right? Because then they open the gate and they run and they're taking off and they're successful. Whereas a donkey may be standing in the stall and no big deal. No, not nervous in any way, shape or form. But when they open the gate, they're just kind of meandering along. So his point was, you want to be a thoroughbred. And that I just love, I always go back to that example that he gives because it's so true. If you have fear, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. And there was another book, I think it was from in the 80s, called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, along the same lines of, of mm-hmm. this other book. And it's true. You're going to be afraid, so you might as well just do it. Goodness. that's I love that analogy. I'm going to think about that next time I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> be, don't be a donkey. <laughs> don't be a donkey. Uh, Dave Munson. So Dave's an old friend. He's the founder. A lot of people know the company Saddleback Leather. And, uh, Dave is the founder of that. Just a, such a great, unique guy. And he said, he, he gives me, he gives one line. This is classic Dave. He says, become genuinely interested in other people. That is always a convicting thing. Boy, I, you know, my wife and a couple of my kids astound me at their true authentic interest in other people. They really, really care. It's so convicting to me and so amazing. And I see what it does to their lives and other people's. Uh, I would, I would have to vote and say that is, that is something for us all to strive for. Well, and that's, that's a a gift that will serve them well in life always, because we all want to feel like somebody is listening to us or they really see us, you know, what a gift. Well, Hey, here's one more. It's a little bit longer, but it was pretty, I was a little, I don't know if I'd say intense, but man, what a testimony. Uh, Tash, she says, as someone who used to be suicidal and in the mental hospital because of this exact issue, an unhealthy self-image, I can firmly say without a doubt, this is what I did to become emotionally healthy. Before I give my three to-dos, this must be understood. Thoughts are within your control. You can do something about them, like a radio station. If you don't like what you hear, change the channel. This is taking thoughts captive. So right there, the premise is what had me on this one. That's why I saved it for the end. And interestingly, I just mentioned Ruth Sukup. And in her book, Do It Scared, she starts off, and we talk about it in the show, same thing. She was suicidal. She attempted suicide many times, and she ended up in mental hospitals, multiple ones. And so, again, you know, taking her perspective on fear after what she came through is pretty significant. Uh, so Tash here, she says, feeding your mind with large dosages of positive messages. This shapes how you think and what you believe. It also changes your perception of the world and yourself. Two. Oh, so true. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. But I, again, I love that for, I, I, and if you could, I wish you guys could read this because she has half of this in bold in caps. She said, even that she said, because of this exact issue and you know, thoughts are within your control. She wanted to lead everything with that. This is what got her out of uh, suicide and mental hospitals. Uh, so two, she says, when degrading thoughts torment, you must stop them in their tracks and replace them with something Good. And she cites Philippians four, eight out of the Bible. Uh, and she says, this could be an uplifting podcast, a feel good movie or sane, positive affirmations. 
that's great. I mean, how often we all have the, the, the opportunity to change our circumstances a little bit. I do that, Michelle. And I, you know, I, I'm sitting here looking at Pike speak. I have an inspirational place where I, I work, but I'm constantly fiddling usually with music, a good cup of coffee, something just, it's so many things, little things that you can do to up your mood, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And remembering that you can change it. I love that she said that, that, that you have the power over your thoughts. Yeah. In fact, I'll be very vulnerable. Even this morning, I was sitting out back of my, uh, on my patio, having a cup of coffee and just some random negative thoughts came in my mind. And I did have to stop myself. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, that is not true. And going back to uh, we're actually studying Ephesians right now mm. at church and really holding on to what, what, what is what does the Bible say about who I am? And for me, that's what shifted it this morning. Well, yeah, you bringing that up again, that, that we have control of our thoughts. Cause she also says, uh, you must not, she, again, in capitals must not let those thoughts drag themselves through your mind with diligence. You'll successfully starve the negative and the positive you've been putting in will grow. Sounds, I think it's a Zig Ziglar incarnate here. Um, and third, she says, you need to discover who in caps you are and what in caps you're designed to do a hammer. Trying to be a drill will always have image issues because it's trying to be something it's not created for purpose, ignites passion, makes you come alive and brings a sense of fulfillment. Then insecurities will fall off, but there's another book writer for you, Michelle. I was just going to say, very well said. If she hasn't written a book, she needs to. <laughs> well, there, there you go, Tash, and, and, everyone, and everyone else who has had. I mean, that, that's why I did like this question and the responses because people, I, this is probably one of the most enthusiastically uh, replied to questions that I've given because it's probably those yeah, people have had personal experiences. These are the things that have worked for them. And I love that nobody said that this is the, this is the thing for everyone, but they, they personally testified. This is what has worked for me. This is what impacted me. So boy, yeah, from that list right there, I think we've got another Ziegler book. <laughs> we definitely do. And it's just what you were saying too, it's such a popular topic because everybody deals with this in one way, yes. shape or another. Yes. And it's, it's nice to know that, but, and it's nice to learn from other people too, what worked for them so we can all get past it. Yes. Well, Hey, again, as always, it's so much thanks for everybody who responded. I know I didn't get through uh, even half of them, but thank you. It's so impacting and everybody know anything you share, you're speaking for so many other people. Michelle, as always, it's a gift to do these with you. Thanks, Kevin. Well, I think every one of us right now should have some convictions on new habits to employ with ourselves to better foster a positive self image. I I truly hope so. And I know I do for sure. Coming up next in show 695, do you want to be weller? Uh, Your greatest desire is the ability to do what you want and need to do. At the end of the day, nothing really matters if we're not well in mind, body, and soul. Now, I said weller before because we can't all be, none of us, perfectly well, but we can all be weller and probably need to be. I mean, would you accept a million dollars in cash today but get 50% of your wellness away? I mean, of course not. Yet we find ourselves pursuing careers, businesses, family, and all the progress in our lives often at the sake of our overall wellness. I mean, the hard charging business executive or business owner or parent doesn't take time a lot of often for personal wellness. They're busy making millions, raising families, blessing and serving everybody else. They'll deal with themselves later. That is until they find themselves in enough pain or lacking in their performance, disabled to a, to a degree, uh, at an unacceptable degree. 
But when we try to address our wellness, getting results from any effort, the modern day things seems to be more complex and elusive than ever. Those who attempt it so often just give up at some point. I think we can all relate to that to some degree. More and more in our culture, we're accepting minimized body, mind, and soul as normal. And this is tragic. Well, friends, there actually is a strategy that I can offer you that works. It's a framework in essence. I've been involved with it for over four years now. It's not a black and white cookie cutter specific answer. It's not a secret. It's more in the sense of common sense. It's not common anymore. It's a framework. Let me put it this way. No matter what type of house you would want to build and live in, you must have a solid foundation that will support whatever the structure is. The makeup of foundations for homes is basically the same. Uh, overall time, no matter what type of home you want to build. So what's the primary foundations we need for our wellness? Well, so our guest today is Dr. Randy James. Randy's a medical doctor, but far, far from the norm. His father was also an MD and was one of the early pioneers of what today we call functional medicine. So Randy served as a doctor in the Air Force before starting in family practice here in the States. And from there, he ultimately founded a new type of of medical practice that focuses on the whole person and their goals and getting them weller. It's not a promotion here for his practice. True life medicine is the name up in the mountains of Colorado. It's a relatively small practice that acts as his personal lab somewhat as he works with a finite amount of people. His bigger goal is to bring the framework to as many people as he can. And this is what we're doing today uh, or in this episode. Let me stress again here. Our point is to equip people to get the most out of themselves, to be running on all cylinders so that they can achieve the things they desire in life. And for disclosure, Randy is the doctor for people like Dan Miller, my dad, 48 days fame and Tom Ziegler and myself. It's a tremendous show folks. Well, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.